Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast. It's Friday. It's March 29th. I'm Doug Norrie. That is James Davis. We are going to we're in the we're in the really the depths of the. the I was going to do an opening, but forget. It, I'm going to say something else now. We okay. are really in the depths here of the NBA season as we roll through the last few weeks. It really, man, it gets. It's it's not for the faint of heart to go through some of these NBA slates. <laughs> like when you're looking last night, it's like Anthony Davis is out, and the Heat are playing with like I don't know four and a half guys, and I don't know who's going to play. Is Christian Wood going to play? Like for for Anthony, I'm going back to the Anthony Davis thing. Like uh, there was some other stuff too. Like I mean, Simmons was going to play. Oh, shoot, there's one. There was one more thing that was like that made the slate crazy. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, I don't know. I was paying attention to baseball. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, trying to manage them both with baseball, too. It yeah. just becomes another one of just like where your brain is just gets sectioned into a million different pieces. But where do you where do we land here? Like on on MLB, or excuse me, on NBA late season. Like, is it just does it just get too dicey down the stretch? We had a very good night last night, by the way. Like our Goran Dragic, which is had like a triple double and stuff. So I'm not complaining. Like the system was great. I mean, almost won DraftKings tournaments just with our top overall lineup. So it's not a, not really necessarily can complain about. Um, I think there's still very much an edge, but does it get like so dicey or is, or do you, or, or last night did we just see like a massive edge where you know if you can be the guys you know not all guys but majority guys that are doing projection systems at this point if you can figure out where all 240 minutes are going for a basketball team at this point feels like maybe there's just enough of an edge in that alone like i don't know where do you stand here at this late season stuff because it's getting pretty damn crazy down the stretch yeah to be honest we tend to be better at, at the end of the season when all this is going on and i don't know if that's just because you know we take so many reps during the regular season for base for basketball that at the end of it all we're just like the only ones still paying attention or something i'm not sure certainly even the sites themselves seem to give up sometimes and we've seen long stretches of guys being underpriced and tremendous values so yeah, I actually wind up feeling pretty comfortable this time of year. Certainly, you're welcoming in a decent amount of variance into your life just because, you know, it's just really tough to hit it right every single time. Like, you know, what happened to us a couple nights ago was there were just punts up and down, like at every single position. And it was like, do you want Lance Stevenson or Troy Brown at small forward? Do you want like both of these Bulls shooting guards? What about their point guards? You know, they're sure they're 15 point underdogs, but does it even matter if you know, these 240 minutes have to go somewhere. So yeah, you could definitely invite a little bit more variance into your life, but it being harder is a good thing if you're good at DFS, <laughs> right? So yeah, there can be a little bit more variance, but if you're good at this, if you're paying attention, if you're good at assigning minutes, which I think is ultimately our strongest suit when it comes to DFS stuff, then it can be a very profitable time of year. If you're willing to understand, you know, like the old analogy I learned when I was coming up as a professional gambler was, you know, if you meet a man on the street and he wants to flip coins with you, but he's going to give you a million dollars for every heads, but take 300,000 from you on every tails, it's like you should do the math if you can afford to lose that 300,000. But if you can, it's still a very profitable spot. So the idea is like, yeah, you're going to invite some variance into your life, but I think the upside is great enough. 
and understand that, sure, you could lose, you know, throughout the rest of the season. The variance is definitely there. But I think the edge is actually quite a bit more significant than it is, say, just in mid-January when, you know, teams aren't really resting guys and there isn't as much value to go around. All right, yeah, I think that sums it up pretty well. I, I, maybe it's easier for me to stomach that off a night like last night where things all kind of break correctly. And then, you know, we have, when you go through, you are just going to invite some, like you said, some variance into it where there's going to be nights where these punt plays or these, some of these guys just aren't going to totally get there. We have some of those dis, uh, decisions to sort of discuss yep. on this slate. We'll go through some of them as we go. We'll go through game by game of uh, the six-game slate. Some of these games are more enticing than others from, from a DFS standpoint. This first one I'm not really sure we're going to have too much exposure to in our lineups, and that's Indiana goes in and plays Boston. Now, from a from a minutes perspective, you feel good about both of these teams. This is a huge leverage game right now. These teams are four and five in the East, separated by one in the loss column. Uh, the right, Pacers. so it's basically home field, home court for the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, and it looks like they're just going to play each other too. So, like, it's just they're they're deciding now about you know they're going to get those games one more game in Boston or one more game in Indiana. I, the yeah. reason I mention is because now you start feeling comfortable at least projecting. You know Celtics rotations. You know that being said, they did switch things up a little bit. Kyrie sat last game. Kyrie's been well. Let's just start with Kyrie. So where do so over the short term, this guy is taking many more shots per game than he was earlier in the season. Like I'll just go by month. Uh, first month of the year took 18 shots per game, then 18, then 19, and now is up over 20 over the and a lot of that's coming from performances of 23, 29, 23, 24, 28 shots over that's six of his last seven games. Yeah. Is this a place where we want to? maybe give Kyrie just a little bit more usage? Do you think he's, like, turned the corner and the Celtics are saying, and by the way, they've lost four of those. They've lost the last four games when he's kind of been shooting a lot, so I'm not sure that's necessarily the best basketball plan for them. But when you see a, a sort of spike in usage over the short term, we talked about this at times during the season, is this enough to maybe give him a slight usage bump because they're using him differently? Or do you think that's maybe just going to go away because they're saying, hey, dude, you're shooting a lot, but we're also just losing all these guys. <laughs> these Have you noticed like, how we've been losing all the time? It was it was kind of a tough run. I mean, not really. They lost to Charlotte. They played Philly and Denver and San Antonio. So it's not like those aren't like rollover teams. teams. Um, uh, they did beat Atlanta and they beat Sacramento. So they kind of won the games they were supposed to with him shooting a lot. Lost the ones and they, a lot of them were close too. What are your thoughts here on Kyrie? I'm not after him. I'm not all that interested in the rest of this this game. But maybe you see something different. So yeah, Kyrie and the rest of this game. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I'll start with Kyrie. I don't think he's especially playable on Fanduel and where he's ten thousand. Like that, that's a comically high price for me. Uh, yeah, I get that he basically paid that for five games straight, but that's basically the like among the only five games all season that he paid the price. So, uh, you know, he came back down to earth against San Antonio. They rested him against Cleveland, and if they were really hell bent on securing this uh, home court advantage against Indiana, basically, then I think you would have seen him play that game. I think they're definitely turning their eye to the playoffs a little bit more here. So, I think sure, Kyrie, he's eighty six hundred on DraftKings. I think he's a fine play there. Not, and if I'm being honest, still not totally over the moon exciting, but on FanDuel, I'm not going to touch him at 10,000. Yeah, Indiana is still a bad matchup in terms of these are yeah. very good. They're a good defensive team. This game has the lowest over under. Yeah, easily the lowest over under the slate at 214 and a half. That's about 10 points behind a lot of these. Eh, yeah, nine to 10 points behind, like sort of like the next closest games, not the OKC game, I suppose. But yeah, it's way behind mm-hmm. in terms of overall expected points. They're never really all that enthused about pushing him to like 40 minutes a game. And the reason I say this is because there are some teams that are happy doing that with some of their guys. So I think that for the most part, this game feels like a skip to me. But I did want to bring up Kyrie because he was one of these guys that seemed like he was doing something different over the short term. 7.30 game, Portland goes into Atlanta. This one's interesting because 
Well, one, Nurkic suffers that horrific uh, compound oh. fracture the other night and, like, nauseatingly bad uh, injury, which Ooh, you feel terrible yeah, about. Okay, you just and literally so, gave me chills. <laughs> just yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was brutal. And then um, and they're just, they're just getting destroyed on, on injuries here because they lose McCollum. Uh, he, I think he'll be back for the playoffs, but that's not totally certain. And now they lose Nurkic, who was having a great season. But they get the best matchup here. I mean, are we just, one, are we stacking? Are we just going to just run Lillard out no matter what, like kind of like sight unseen? Uh, is he just the play? And then two, I'm wondering your thoughts on Enos Cantor because Cantor got the start last game, but they got blown out by. Or no, they, they blew out Chicago. Yes. We only played 22 minutes, so I'm not exactly sure where to set the minutes on him because it's not clear to me that he's going to play crunch time. Also, not clear to me that he needs to play crunch time against a team like Atlanta. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Give me your thoughts on Lillard first if he if we're going to see him as a chalk play, and then I am kind of interested in where we end up landing on Cantor because I think that would be a question a lot of people ask. Yeah, so both Lillard and Cantor in similar price points were about 60% plays on a much bigger slate uh, when they played the Bulls, and they were much bigger favorites in that game uh, because the Bulls were trotting out uh, essentially a D-League team. Uh, G-League, is that what it is these days? Uh, and then <laughs> now they're going against right, Atlanta. Atlanta team 21 games under 500, but notably Portland just three-point favorites in this game. So I'm not as worried about the blowout here uh, just on that basis alone. I think Lillard and Cantor... Both excellent plays, and I think we get a little bit hashtag blessed by the fact that they sucked in the Bulls game, at least for the purposes of tonight's slate, because both of those rate and somewhere in the no-brainer territory for me. I mean, you know, if they were 60% in a worse matchup with a much bigger spread, it's hard to believe on a much smaller slate with a lot fewer good plays that they'll be in a different boat here. So, yeah, I'm just going to close my eyes and jam them and hope to get there. Yeah, I think you're. I think we're going to end up seeing them as chalk plays again. A Cantor at 5,500 on DraftKings is a very easy call. I don't think you're even worried about even if he only saw 25 minutes. He's only 59 think, on Fanduel. Yeah, I, mean, I just didn't realize 5,900 on Fanduel. I don't think cheap. you're worried about that either. I think that these prices make it. They they just make it a pretty easy play. I, I think all things considered. And, and Dame at 1,100 or 10,9 at least on Fanduel. Uh, I think he's somewhere in the same. Yeah, 10,1 on DraftKings. I don't think that's. I don't think these are the these aren't these aren't the guys that you're kind of like wondering about. I don't think going in now. Uh, other, I mean, it's kind of hard to see some of the other value here because I mean, at least Lillard from a usage perspective does kind of represent most of the team. Cantor, we've seen him do plenty on the offensive end, and then they they just kind of play rotations where it's hard to get an idea about how many minutes Amino is going to play, how many minutes Harkless is going to play. They start Layman, but that doesn't always really matter. He can play 15 minutes out of the starting lineup. So I don't really see it from the rest of this lineup. But is there anything I'm missing here? And then you can answer that. And then also I'm just wondering about the Hawks. Like Trey Young, I don't know if you've seen his, his recent line last, like 33 and 12, 32 and 11. These are the 11s are assists. 23 and 11, 21 and 12. The dude's just been like unreal over the last at least four games. And that was against New, uh, New Orleans, Philly, Utah, and Houston. So not exactly pushover matchups here. Where do we, where do we land on Trey Young too? I'm wondering because we've been on easily the wrong side of the chalk more than we had not been on, on Trey Young. It's yeah. I, I don't really sweat it all that much. Okay. Anyway, thoughts on the Blazers and then any any uh, Hawks that you like on this slate. Yeah, so final thoughts on the Blazers. I do think, you know, some people were flirting with Zach Collins, you know, projecting a minutes increase for him. He wound up getting there both in terms of points and minutes last game, but you got to keep in mind that that was a blowout, and that certainly did not look like the plan going into the fourth quarter until they realized they were up by 20 and could kind of do whatever they want. Uh, the Trey Young question, it really puts to the test the question of, do we go with our priors, you know, the the things that got us here? Like this, yeah, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, at this point in the season, we're at 34.4 fantasy points per game, including the recent run-up, right? Uh, prior to the last two games, 
yeah, the assists were there for two games, but he's really not paying this price with any sort of in any sort of reliable way, even in the last month. So if you want to just give me March and say, ah, dude, but in March, he's got a 29 fantasy point against New Orleans, uh, 30, even 36 fantasy points. Taking that on a near 9,000 salary is borderline disaster, right? So I think you can get there in Trey Young. I think the matchup against Lillard at all is not a bad one necessarily, but I think you just got to recognize that you're taking on some amount of risk. And this is not like, yes, he's a young player coming into his own. And yes, his team seems to be supporting him in ways that he didn't used to or that they didn't used to. And that doesn't necessarily make you a $9,000 player regardless. So I think he's a playable option. I don't think you need to X him out or anything. If he's showing up on your favorite site out there, I would be surprised he shows up if he shows up on DFSR.com tonight. Yeah, we have healthy assist and usage bumps for him in our system as well, and I, I still don't think that's enough to totally yeah. get him there. Uh, only injury news from this game, Torian Prince is doubtful to play, so I guess you could see someone slide into the starting lineup there, like a Bembry or a Bazemore, probably Bazemore. Um, not sure, again, that's going to totally matter. You can't always trust the minutes just because these guys slot into the starting lineup, but we have seen people... You know, Baysmore at 4,000 on FanDuel sometimes can start creeping toward value there, especially if sure. he can press toward 30 minutes. But uh, we'll have to wait to see where they're going to end up uh, starting lineup-wise. Uh, the game that it's going to be worth it to tune into from a uh, – oh, excuse me, I was going to – oh, no, I'll do this one next. Uh, Denver and OKC, worth probably tuning into from a basketball perspective. Thunder are four-and-a-half-point favorites. The playoff implications for this game right now are Denver still has a chance to catch Golden State. They're only one game back in the West. Uh, OKC has dropped down to seventh in the West right now. That's still uh, a log jam between the fifth and eighth spots. Going to be hard for any of those teams to really catch the Rockets at this point. So at this point, those bottom four teams in the West playoffs seem like they're just kind of jockeying around maybe for who they want to play. So I don't really know where that lands us in terms of motivation. And I will say that also Paul George is questionable right now. If he were to sit, I think the whole slate would basically upend and change a little bit. Give me your thoughts on this game because Denver definitely was something to play for. OKC is a bad matchup. OKC, I'm not sure what they have to play for really besides like not wanting to play. I guess you can kind of be incentivized to play Portland. Anyway, long-winded way to say, where do we land from a DFS perspective in this game? Because it feels like it should be a good one, and I'm not totally maybe seeing it. Yeah, so I think just from to speak first to motivations here, I do think based on what we've seen from OKC recently, they're still pretty motivated. I think playing Portland in the first round is a pretty huge bump over having to play Denver or Golden State, right? I mean, you're playing Portland with no Nurkic for sure, and perhaps no McCollum, or at least a banged up McCollum. I think that's quite a prize uh, to fight over in the West, where basically all the other teams are scary to really scary. <laughs> so I do foresee... OKC trying to buy for that and even you know a consolation prize of landing having to play Houston uh, would still not be the worst thing in the world so I do think they're going to continue to battle my suspicion too by the way is that Houston will leapfrog Portland by the end yes. of the season um, they're Portland's only one game ahead of them in the loss column uh, and I get that they haven't looked awful without McCollum and Nurkic but Houston's just probably a better team uh, you know given the current line of construction so yeah I think OKC will play through but the better question is probably is does that matter? You know, like is Denver a good enough fantasy matchup that you would want to uh, run guys into their teeth? And I think that's that's not obvious to me. Um, you know, both Westbrook and George are now very very expensive. Even guys like Jeremy Grant that we played, we we're sort of on an island playing him against the Pacers. He was excellent, scored 44 fantasy points on the back of four defensive stats. Um, I think all these guys, you know, small slate if they wind up in your lineup just because that's how the salary works. I don't think you need to X them out necessarily, but I definitely don't think you want to be like, oh, tonight I'm going to play 
I'm going to stack Westbrook and George and call it a day. Like, you know, Vegas just doesn't see that many points to go around uh, to justify that high of a salary here. Yeah, I think that's kind of where our system's landing too. Now, again, this is all with the caveat that if Paul George sits, I think that we would see some major change in projections here. Like we'd see Schroeder move up way up at least. because Oh, yeah, he was auto-play. You'd play Westbrook for sure. Yeah, Westbrook, right. I think you're, you're playing these guys pretty easily, uh, and even Jeremy Grant as well. But uh, I think we'll have to wait on see on that. And I think um, that'll be that'll probably speak a lot to where. And then, by the way, I, I think it's a sore shoulder. And like I believe this is the same injury that was causing him problems before. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick because I think you, you were making a point after he came back and you were like, is Paul George really healthy with this shooting? Shame on the Thunder if Paul George wasn't healthy to keep running him out there. Or shame on Paul George if he was being dishonest about that. Because he certainly didn't look like himself. And... Man, I, it would be real sad if he just is not right going into the playoffs here. Again, I'm not positive this is the same shoulder, so I'll look that up. Um, but I'm not going to look it up right this second because I think I need to do a deeper dive on where because um, I'm not seeing a distinction about which shoulder it was each time. Uh, but, yeah, like we've seen the shooting sort of not be all that great for him <laughs> since, since he returned. He's had some games where he kind of put it together, so it hasn't been all bad. But, anyway, uh, we'll have to keep an ear out for what's going to happen there. Denver, they've been playing some tighter rotations for sure as they get ready for the playoffs. So, I guess, you know, that's kept some of these guys, and, and they've gotten into some blowout games as well, which has kept the minutes sort of weird for them. Uh, you know, maybe you want to take a stab on Will Barton or Gary Harris for a little bit cheaper. I'm not – that's really not where I'm going to want to be. I don't think I really want to run Jokic into this matchup either against Adams. Uh, again, things could change, but that's really – not where I'm seeing it. Now, Golden State is the other 8 o'clock game. They're a 9.5 point favorite here over Minnesota on the road. They still, it's you know, I believe that they are motivated to have this number one seed in the West. It's very close between them and Denver right now. Um, they, they're not, they have rested guys for here and there as they get ready for the playoffs as well because that's ultimately their goal. Uh, it doesn't appear as if anyone is a, a threat to rest tonight. When we know they're rolling in fully healthy, they are 9 point favorites. They've not looked like the old Golden State. Like, they've blown some teams out, but, like, Detroit kind of hung with them. They only beat them by seven. Memphis didn't really. They beat them, ended up being beaten by 15. They got smoked. This Golden State got smoked by Dallas by, like, I don't know, 30, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then they beat they beat the Pacers, and then Minnesota did hang with them. Where do we land here? Because, like, our system at times wants to play Durant. I, I can understand why at 9,500. I don't know if I love playing Durant here. Um, what are your thoughts here on Golden State? I, I, I get why sometimes our system wants to do it, and I'm not all that excited to do it at the same time. Yeah, so we ran Durant out there against Memphis, and it didn't feel great at the time, but it was like just one of those nights where there weren't a ton of really obvious plays. Um, but the big problem I have with Durant, and I, well, I think we just got lucky, frankly, with the performance oh, yeah. he had against Memphis, because right now Durant, like the real question is, what do you think his true shots are? Because... This year, on a whole, and for throughout his time in Golden State, the guy's averaged 18 shots a game, okay? In his last five games, 13, 6. The 6 20, was nuts. Yeah, like. 6, 6 shots for Kevin Durant. 25, and that was in a game they lost by 35 uh, to Dallas. And that's basically just re they relied upon him for threes, and he went 0 for 8 from 3. Right. Um, and then he shoots nine times against Indiana and then 13 times against Minnesota in the last two times these two teams met. So, or I'm sorry, the last time these two teams met. So I, I gave Durant a downward guidance. He still showed up in our system, but I moved him down to basically 10% fewer shots than he had been shooting so far this season. It wasn't enough to take him out of lineups. Should we lower him again? I mean, the guy, 19 total shots in his last 70 minutes on a basketball court. You can't pay 9,500 for that, right? His numbers this season, from a fantasy perspective, have gone all the wrong way. Now, some of this is the Cousins coming back, which is going to cut into the usage. Curry's clearly, you know, his his shots really haven't dropped off. 
But if you look at, yeah, I'm with you. Like the shots, the shots have dropped off month by month. Well, so yeah, so 22, I'm just going, it's just easier to sort sometimes by month, but 22 shots per game in the month of December, excuse me, the month of November, then it gets down to 18 in November, uh, December, and then January 18, and now down to 17 uh, over in March and April, and excuse me, and then 16 in April. So I know that was kind of confusing. Anyway, the, the long story short, it's dropped every single month. And the other number that's dropped completely off a cliff are the rebounds. If you go back to the rebounding, he in November is eight rebounds, then I'm going by month, then seven rebounds per game, then six, and now this month down to less than six, uh, excuse me, down, down to less than five at 4.2 rebounds per game. Like the numbers, mm. he just isn't a fantasy guy anymore. Like I, I think downward guidance on the shots and the rebounds is, is kind of the way to go here. Like he's just, I get like, I get why our system likes him because it's kind of drawing on some of these early season numbers and the prices come down accordingly. But are, are, are we just, are we just going like 10% downward guidance, 15% maybe on the rebounds? Like are we, this is, these are crazy numbers to talk about with a guy that like Durant to, to, to kind of scoot him down this much. But do you agree? I think I think we should probably end up landing doing that, maybe even more. Yeah, I don't think it's outrageous at all. I mean, one of the things that you can notice too, and you know, we didn't speak to this yet, but there actually is an uptick in assists. Uh, Durant has been, you know, they could kind of been running the offense through him in a slightly different way, where especially in that six shot game, he had eleven assists, right? So if he's willing to defer more, that could actually even be better for Golden State as a team. Uh, but it's not where you're going to probably want to land again at the $9,500 price tag to, you know, to really be a $10,000 player in DFS, you need 18, 20 shots a game. And that's not what we're seeing. So I think I'm, it's a stay away for me. I, I think we kind of got away with murder last time. Oh yeah. 12 or 13 um, from the field. That was very lucky. It was very lucky that he was able to knock down all of his shots. Cause yeah, I I totally agree with you when you say we got lucky on that one. It was that there's really no way he's ever going to be that. He's going to take that many shots and just convert at that kind of efficiency level. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm totally with you. Now, on the other side of the ball, p- people have been running Carl Anthony Towns just as like major chalk and cash games over the yeah. short term. He's been awesome. And then he's also coming off that game against Golden State where he they got the loss. He played 35 minutes, but he went for 26 and 21 in that game in, in 35 yeah. minutes. The price has finally started to creep up a little bit on him because uh, he was coming at just crazy, way too cheap on DraftKings for too long. Now it's up to 10.5, and we still have him at 55 fantasy points and a 5.3 points per dollar multiplier, which is which is pretty high. Do you think you'll see people? I don't think we're going to do it because I think uh, I think people have been a little overly bullish on Towns. But do you think we're going to see ownership on him again at 10.5, especially if people look back to that previous game where he just went totally buck wild against the Warriors? Yeah, so I could see you doing it on DraftKings where you can play more than one center, basically, because uh, I think you just have to play Enos Cantor at these price tags. And so I could definitely see him having pretty reasonable ownership over there. I think on FanDuel, I would be pretty surprised to see people go in that direction. You know, you're just, you're really exposing yourself to significant risk here. And we just have other decent big money options tonight. Like, you know, in my mind, Lillard's kind of a lock. Uh, you know, you could even make an argument for Westbrook. I mean, especially if Paul George misses. So. I just think the way the money is shaping up, it's going to be really hard to play him. So, yeah, I think definitely an interesting option, great big tournament option, probably a potentially good cash game play on DraftKings. But, you know, the price is high enough to where I'm not sure you're being properly compensated for, you know, the, the risk you're taking on by paying that much money. Other injury news here: Taj Gibson's doubtful again. Uh, we did see some more minutes out of Sarge, but they give they give the bench minutes to like guys like Tolliver as well. Right. Uh, Dang is going to sit out. And we already know the guards are basically out for the season. They've been essentially price corrected. The rest of these guys, like Tyus Jones and Andrew Wiggins, uh, in the short term for Minnesota because these they've been dealing with injuries for so long, especially in the backcourt. That I don't th- we're not really getting away with much. Uh, if you want to stack the game though, because you think Minnesota keeps it close, going something like Tyus Jones and Carl Anthony Towns, and then you need to take a warrior guy like like Curry 
um, or Draymond or something like that. They're probably like two of those guys that don't maybe cut into each other's performance all that much, like 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 Draymond and like Curry or like Cousins or something like that. Uh, I don't mind that from a GPP stack perspective, but uh, I don't think I'm going to end up going there in cash. Another game that I'm not sure we're going to go there in cash is Washington and Utah. Utah is 12-point favorites here over a Washington team. Ariza is going to sit out again. I think Ariza might be out for the season. I need to double-check that. They brought him back. Nah, they said two games, but I don't know why they'd be motivated to bring him back. We're a big, we've been we've been on some of these Wizards guys in the short term, like guys like Beal, Sadoransky, even Bobby Portis when he got back into the starting lineup. I love Thomas Bryant the other night. Didn't really totally work out uh, the game that we played him. I think we maybe rolled him back-to-back here. Are they just too much of an underdog here to the Jazz to kind of feel safe in cash? And then you can talk about it if you like any guys on Utah going the other way. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, you're still seeing some value on some of these guys. You know, like Portis was pretty highly owned in his last game. Uh, the price has come up on Bryant, but the upside there is undeniable. And even Jabari Parker, you know, when games get out of hand, like he's shown a, a tendency to put up 50 fantasy points, right? So I think you're seeing a lot of really interesting big tournament options here. I just think for cash games right now, our system is just kind of calling out safer options. I, I think one guy that people will dip into, assuming he gets to start again, is Troy Brown Jr. He's still the minimum price. I, I don't know if there's been some news I've missed out on here. He's kind of sucked recently, but... You know, especially on FanDuel where you can just throw away your lowest score. Getting him for 25 minutes isn't the worst thing in the world. So I, uh, I think you could see people going there once again. Yeah, he's, he's just like a perfect drop candidate at a, at a pretty weak position. I mean, that's, yeah, again, that's go, going back to Durant, this is one. The other reason you're seeing Durant show up in a lot of lineups for us on FanDuel, as opposed to DraftKings, where he's not showing up in any of them, is because that small forward position is just really bad. Like, you're looking at guys right. like, we'll get, to, we'll get to a couple guys in this next game, which I think maybe will shift around our, our thought process on it. But for the most part, small forward uh, is a rough position, which is why, you know, Troy Brown at the minimum as a potential drop candidate. Yeah, unlikely to totally destroy you. Uh, Utah, you just got to be worried about the blowout here. You know, guys like Rubio, they, Utah's played in a lot of blowout games. Even Rubio, they haven't wanted to press him too much. Uh, guys like Donovan Mitchell can, you know, pour in big scoring games. I just, I, I'd be very worried that this game would be out of hand uh, with them as 12, easily the highest point favorite here at 12. Uh, and I think that might have even creeped up a little bit. Um, mm. Let me just look real quick. No, it didn't. Okay. Oh, yeah, no. It's already up to 12 and a half. You wouldn't be surprised if you saw it maybe creep up a little higher. Washington is just a really bad team. All right, final game, and we do get a little bit of a lag. Uh, this is three hours after the, the, the game starts. I don't know if we're going to be totally screwed with injury stuff, though there are some kind of injury stuff hanging out there for the Charlotte and Laker game. Now, obviously, we know that the Lakers are out of it in terms of the playoffs. Like Their season is essentially over. The Hornets, surprisingly, are still in the playoff hunt in the East, they are only a game back in the loss column to the Heat, though they have to still leapfrog the Magic. But the Hornets are still there. Like, they are, have not been eliminated from the playoffs. So let's, I guess, start with them. Batum is questionable. I'm not sure we're going to get the news on him. And I'm a little worried about that because guys like Dwayne Bacon uh, and Bri more Bacon than Bridges have been playing some minutes here. And then you get guys like Kemba. Like, it's a great matchup against the Lakers. Where do we land on on these guys? Like, this, this is the best matchup of the night, basically, facing L.A., I guess the Atlanta thing. But where do we land here on the Hornets? Well, yeah, I think you land in somewhere in an area of uncertainty. I don't think you want to be making any big declarations on these sites where you can't adjust your lineups after lineup lock. So, you know, basically on FanDuel, I think if you're playing on Yahoo or DraftKings, you know, this is not something we've talked about too often, at least for the purposes of this podcast. But we talk about it in our members-only chat room all the time, which is like, how do you structure your lineup in a way to leave yourself flexibility as the night moves along? 
And I'm not sure there's a clean way to do that tonight, unfortunately, because this game starting at 10.30, that's an hour and a half after the Washington-Utah game, and really two and a half hours after the last truly DFS-relevant game. So I'm just not sure you're going to be able to stick your neck out and take this risk unless we get news more definitively, you know, leading up to lineup lock. Because some of the names you mentioned, like, you know, like, are you really confident with LeBron James on a probable tag to play any Lakers? I'm not. <laughs> I don't. Want, I don't want to be. You know, sitting there hearing that he gets sad at the last minute, or you know, and if, assuming that he plays, he's going to take usage from people. I don't know. It just kind of seems like a mess to me. Okay, so let, let, I'm going to go back to the Hornets real quick, and then I'll, I'll talk about LeBron because I have some thoughts there as well. But um, let's start with Kemba on his minutes because the Kemba minutes thing is going to start making a difference on, especially on Fanduel, where he is. He's coming. Pr- oh no! Excuse me. On DraftKings, where he's coming pretty cheap. He's only eighty yeah. five hundred on DraftKings. That like so. As the, he's at sixteen hundred less than Lillard. And the reason I'm comparing those two guys is Kemba's another guy who's put up. He's had some major shot games, like thirty one shots yeah. last game. I know it was an overtime game. Seventeen, twenty five, twenty two. But even in close games, it's really only been like thirty five minutes for him. Like that one. It was a one point win against Toronto. He still only played thirty five minutes. Seven point win against Boston. Thirty five. Seven point win against Timberwolves. Thirty five. Like I want to take him to. I want him to be like Bradley Beal. I want to take him to 39 minutes. I'm like, Hornets, you got to win. You know, like, this is, like these are games yeah. you have to win. This is the exact guy you want on the court for a long time. And they just haven't done it. So, I mean, 37 in regulation against San Antonio. Is that where we want to be with Kemba? I think I'm at like 36, 37. I, I, want, to give him, I want them to play him 40 minutes. I think it'd be the easiest play ever. And they just haven't really done it. Uh, you know, how aggressive do we want to be on his minutes here? I think you can err on the side of being aggressive. And I say that for two reasons. So the first is that, yes, you haven't seen huge you know, just back-breaking minutes come out of him just yet, in spite of relatively close games, too. Like, you know, they, you would think they weren't like, ooh, we'll just, like, rest him now because we have a lead against Boston, right? Like, I think they were playing him about as many minutes as they thought he could handle. And when he's on the court, he's really going max effort. And I think that's why I'd be comfortable being aggressive with giving him more minutes because when he's actually on the court, he's producing in ways that look for all the world like a guy who's just trying harder right now to try to help put his team in the playoffs, right? And I think, you know, with hustle stats like rebounds and steals, the uptick there, well, it's probably not something he could sustain over the course of a whole season. We know from seeing this many times in the past that effort does make a difference on stats like that. So I think you can give him a few more minutes, even if you leave the baseline production the same, and you probably still get some amount of safety. I think, yeah, it's expensive on FanDuel, and you'll probably just play Lillard instead. But I think on DraftKings, where you can play both, and the pricing is a little bit more affordable for Walker. I do think he's a solid play over there. Yeah, I think that's I, I, I'm with you there because this is one of these guys where I'm like, okay, if I saw Walker as like 70% start in DraftKings, I'd start to feel pretty worried, and that, that'd be like, yeah. and I think that'd be speak directly to maybe we just didn't have him for enough minutes. And he is the kind of guy. I was looking about giving him. I gave him a few more minutes, and it still kind of is close on DraftKings. That's something we'll look at. Yeah, if you, with like two more minutes, and he starts showing up, and he and Lillard kind of all together in the same lineup, that'll be uh, something that we'll have to discuss leading into lineup lock. And like I said, it's gonna be hard to make a decision on guys like Bacon, um, Bridges to some degree, because if you're not knowing about Batum, they are gonna get. Make sure that Jeremy Lamb is gonna play in this game. He was he's probable to play right now, so I'm not too worried about that. They are gonna get Tony Parker back as well. All right, let's switch over to the Lakers. LeBron is gonna play tonight. They've been good about his probable and out tags like if he's probable he just kind of does play so I'm actually not that concerned with him playing and he's played 35 36 minutes a game over the last four games like when he plays and he's been really good like 33 8 and 6 25 14 and 9 he had a triple double against the Kings and then he had 23 points and 14 assists in the win against the Wizards like I don't I think I'd rather play I know it's a price difference I think I'd rather pay 
1,800 more to play LeBron over, like, Durant on FanDuel. Like, is that crazy to, to say that? Like, 11-3, I don't know. That feels safer to me. If it feels safer if I knew LeBron's playing, and I think he's going to, to play him even with the price thing, and knowing the Lakers aren't playing it for anything. Is that crazy? I want to talk about a couple more Lakers guys, but is that crazy on LeBron? Um, it's, it's crazy if you're not sure he's going to play. I'll say that to start. If he is going to play, I don't think it's outrageous, especially not to play him over Durant, if you can get enough value, which you often can this late in the season. So I'm definitely not ready to call you crazy. I guess, like, I always, like, as we get later in seasons, you know, football probably being the biggest example here, but baseball and basketball too, it's so much more difficult to really discern the intentions of a team and their coaching staff, right? So the Lakers are playing for stone-cold absolute nothing right now. Like, they're they're they're... Better off if they lose, I guess they might not see it that way uh, just because they have to kind of save face with the home court audience here. But um, I guess I would still be wary. I still think you can get 33 minutes out of LeBron without too much difficulty here. I would not be super excited if I saw his name showing up in cash game lineups. I mean, I get the small forward's bad. I know that, you know, you kind of have to make some concessions and you're not going to wind up with all perfect plays. But he is low on the list of, you know, higher tier money guys that I would want to play tonight. I think I like it. I hear this is going to sound crazy. I never do these narrative things, so you know this. After years of us doing this stuff, I, I'm not the person that falls to any narratives. Like I don't. You do I, it occasionally, but go ahead. Let's no, hear, let's well, hear nah, your that's not, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> I, I think if it's warranted, I think the fact that they're playing at home tonight matters. I think that like he took that. Yeah, Utah, I agree with that. I think they took the Utah game off because it was on the road and that was an easy one for him to sit. And if there was a problem, like, you're trying to rest him a little bit. Um, I think it matters. The last three games, those, those last three games that he's played major minutes, uh, they've all been at home. And the other one was, he played major minutes was in New York in Madison Square Garden. I, for some reason, sure. think that matters. Like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. How, maybe I don't think you're wrong. I, I don't think that's, like, that narrative driven. I think that's fairly nice. straightforward, right? Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. I think if that's the case, and I think that if we're going to lower Durant a little bit, uh, and the P, like let's say PG even sits, I think we're starting to get pretty damn close on having LeBron, at least on FanDuel, mm. at a very weak small forward position, coming close to being in some of these lineups, uh, especially if you're going to talk about taking a punt somewhere else. Uh, I don't mind it. Other guys, like a future Hall of Famer, JaVale McGee, this guy has been absolutely yeah. just the, totally insane over the last like four, like two weeks or something like that. Like He's double-doubled every game. He had a 33-20 and 20 game with six blocks against Brooklyn. But by the way, the Brooklyn DVP stats versus the 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 first centers have just taken. They were already just historically bad, <laughs> and then Javale drops this game on them. Like Embiid was at was at value at halftime last night. Was just like just just completely crushing these guys. So anyway, um, Brooklyn just continues to be terrible. But I mean, can we start? Can we? I, I know we talked about Cantor, so I don't. I think I'd rather play Cantor on Fanduel. But can we just go Javale and Cantor together on DraftKings? Like, are we are we getting enough? Uh, value out of him still it feels like the prices have climbed up this guy's his numbers are unbelievable yeah he's still too cheap on DraftKings too by the way he's 7,000 over there uh you know in a plus matchup I, I think you can absolutely play him I think on FanDuel where it's 8,000 and you have some opportunity costs of not being able to play Cantor and or Towns then it's a little closer but sure on DraftKings 7,000 I think he'll be a chalk option there yeah, I do too. I think that he's so so hilarious at these numbers that he's throwing out there. Uh, look, getting LeBron back, throw some question about minutes for guys like even and usage too for guys like Rondo, uh, KCP, Kuzma. yeah, Kuzma, KCP. These guys are starting still um, as the as the Lakers really get banged up. They out with you know Josh Hart's already out. They already lost Ingram a little while ago. The team is banged up. Uh, I think you know KCP maybe uh, Rondo. I don't know. The the minutes kind of tend to come and go too much as does the performance. He doesn't feel like a cash option to me at this point. 
especially with some of these other, uh, they're more expensive, but just relatively safer point guard options that we have uh, going tonight. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where we land in the Lakers. Maybe we get some more uh, injury news as the day goes in. Guys like, Reg- if, if Reggie Bullock was going to play, I'm happy to just write off guys like KCP as well, too, just because yeah. I don't think the minutes are going to be there. But hopefully we have that news in time. I'm not sure because that game starts so much later than the rest of them. All right, we're going to get out of here. DFSR.com slash deals get you started. Go on over, check that out. Uh, we have MLB, excuse me, NBA lineups for FanDuel and DraftKings optimal lineups. And then we also have MLB. It's all com- covered under one subscription package. So go check that out. DFSR.com slash deals will get you started. Buddy, enjoy your Friday night in the association. Peace. Fall is finally here, and so is Old Navy's big fall sale. Get thousands of styles from just five bucks. All your fall favorites are on sale now. Layer up with $5 tees and $10 long sleeve tees for the whole family, and stock up on sweaters and dresses for just $15. Plus, save even more with up to 75% off clearance styles. Don't miss out. Hurry in for thousands of styles from just five bucks now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1015 to 1025, select styles only. And now, an ad from Dad. All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.